Drogba in der Mitte, da Schneider, Schneider Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 42 of the Lions Den, a Gulf Sarai podcast done by the community for the community. Straight out of New York, they call me Emre, and I'll be your host for today. In advance to introducing my co-hosts, we want to take a minute to let you know about our Discord community server, where we hang out, watch Gulf Sarai games, and discuss the games, and even play other games with each other. If you're interested in joining, Hit us up on Twitter at the Lions Den GS to get a special invite. With that said, on to the lads. Yasin, my neighbor, how you doing? Doing good, my man. Doing good. It's been a crazy busy week at work. Another crazy busy week to come. Bagalsai and the Houston Rockets. Well, not the Houston Rockets, but my boy Alpin and Shangun on the Houston Rockets is keeping things entertaining for me. So I'm doing good otherwise. Yeah, Alper and uh, doing us Turkish uh, people proud. Yeah. I'm very happy for him, yeah, man. Future All-Star, future All-Star. If you guys are not paying attention, if you're, you know, a basketball enthusiast no, or you don't no, mind no, watching no, sometimes, no, watch this kid, he's 20 years old. No, future All-Star is all I'll say. Watch him get dunked on as well. Listen, that happens. I saw that yesterday. That, that, <laughs> that happens, okay? At least he's not afraid to go for a block. Yeah. You know, he got dunked on twice. It was a bad, ugly poster, but he also had three really good blocks apart from that. So you got to respect his fight. He's trying. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll see him at the Galatasaray basketball team. Who knows? Yeah, I'm going to try and bring you along with me to watch the uh, either the Nets or the Knicks. So I'm going to have you pick. I'll buy your tickets and we're going to go watch that together hopefully, okay? Oh, uh, I'd love to see them smash the Nets. So uh, <laughs> the Nets it is. Yep. No, God, please, no, no. Hi, this is your original host and editor, Samet. I apologize for the American basketball talk. I'm back next episode and we'll make sure to set them straight. And if you did enjoy it, just ignore me. Now back to the episode. <laughs> All right. And my brother, 17 kilometers away from us, Mazo, how are you doing, man? It's been a while since you were last on. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's been, it's been a number of weeks, like you said, since I've been last on. Um, well, as you boys know, it's because I'm getting married. So Our listeners what? don't know, but yeah, your boy's getting married, so be right My man got hitched. Doing... <laughs> I'm getting hitched, not hitched yet. Yes, I've been ah, doing potato, the... potato. Listen, Maz, <laughs> you're getting married. That's exciting. We're happy for you, but that's not in any way an excuse for you to miss episodes. We have Samet, our main guy, had a kid, had a baby for the first time, and he still makes episodes happen. So no excuses from you, okay? We're, we're excited for you, but... <laughs> that, that, we're... That's, that's Summit, bro. That's Summit. I'm not Summit. It doesn't matter. You need to be like Summit. No one it. can be Summit. <laughs> No matter how you try, no one can be like Summit. I'm not He's him, a special I'm character. Him. I'm we like, him, we love him. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. All right, everyone knows we played a very butt-clenching game with Antalya. Uh, but we before we uh, go straight into that, we have quite a bit of news on the horizon. So who'd like to go with what they want to talk about? Any interesting news that you want to go first with? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on. Uh, some of it is exciting news. Some of it is just, you know, fun conversation topics. So, um, you know, I guess related to the club and its future, we can start with the extensions of Emin Baidom and Baron, uh, two youth players who both extended until 2026. 
Uh, they they've they had years left. It's not like their contracts were ending, but fortunately for them, you know they're 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 getting better. They're seen as a future for the club, and the club is rewarding them with a better contract. And and then you got guys like Sergio Oliveira on Instagram commenting on their post saying, "Hey, and by now you can pay for dinner." So it's great to see. You know, uh, we have Summit and a lot of other fans that are very excited about the future of these guys. So. To see them get those professional contracts long term and getting paid more money in this, you know, not so great Turkish economy, I'm just I'm super happy for them. Yeah, uh, Samet's gonna move on from fanboying uh, Patrick Van Aanholt to Emin Bayram now. <laughs> gonna be uh, nice to see. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> sure. What do you guys? Uh, there's just one thing that's been going floating around, and it's regarding Riza Chalumbay. He's been complaining and constantly talking about our games. Maz, do you think this guy has like a Galatasaray complex? I don't know if he's because he's Besiktas or whatnot, but he's constantly talking about us. Yeah, I think because he's an ex, uh, well, not an ex, well, he used to play for Besiktas back in the days. I think he might have some sort of hatred for Galatasaray. I think, I think he's just saying stuff to get to stay relevant, really. I don't know if our listeners saw our tweet, but that, our tweet went, can I say viral? Can I use that word? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it went, went somewhat viral and it was a, a pretty funny tweet. Sure. Yeah, it blew up, but he's, he's just saying things to stay relevant and just uh, be controversial. It's just-, it's just funny because he does this every year, only in Galatasaray games. He will get screwed over in Besiktas games and Fenerbahce games. Like he, you know, pretty much lost the Fenerbahce game due to two ref mistakes. Most people would agree. But no, he wants to complain about one mistake in our game that went, you know, one mistake that finally went our way. That's what he wants to talk about, but not, you know, everybody else. So I definitely feel like he had, Gus said I heard him somewhere. We should ask him where, we, where Gus said I heard him. Pointed out, you know. Isaac Tash, bro. Isaac Tash. Yeah, boy. I mean, it's, it's in their DNA, man. What can we do? <laughs> I, I, just, so, I just don't understand why he just keeps bringing this stuff up. Like he, he commented on again after it's been what, like a week, two weeks since the incident, maybe more than that, since that call happened. And he's still bringing attention to it. Like, it was you, right? You said it after the game. You're like, this guy has a Galside complex. And he's just, you're just yeah. proven to be right once again. <laughs> I, I guess I take no L's, bro. Watch his tombstone have something Galside related to. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, enough about Rizad Chalumbay. What do you guys think about Ur Chivchit? There's apparently something going on there. We were all expecting him to be here, even playing this last Antalya game and he, he hasn't been playing. Apparently, we were supposed to switch Emre Tashdemir with them on top of, you know, 600k, but Emre Tashdemir doesn't want to go. So, that seemed to have caused the commotion there. What do you what do you guys think about that? Can you blame him? I mean, the guy, I think we made a lot of good points on why it's a weird transfer for Emre to go there, to want to go there, for even Sivas to want him. But, you know, he, he played well. This last game, so he's kind of in- increased his value. Now it's just a matter of convincing him, I think. Um, there's been a lot of back and forth on whether he's going to go. Some people are saying it's done. Some people say we're able to convince him. And then other people are now saying that Sivas is looking for an alternative. And once that alternative is finished, then they will release World Shifted to come to us. Um, it-, it doesn't look like we've given up on it, which is a good thing. And another good thing, which is what I was concerned about, which hasn't come up in the news yet, is other Istanbul clubs being interested in Urchifchi. You know, maybe maybe they thought just like us that Urchifchi would cost a couple million, 
and now they're seeing that Sivas is actually not asking for a lot. I was concerned if we couldn't finish this quickly, Beşiktaş or Fenerbahçe might swoop in because I'm sure they can use a, a decent Turkish left back in this Yabancı Kuralı Super League that we have. So um, I haven't seen anything like that. I'm hoping this gets finished up soon. And I believe some people said that he might even be playing for us next game. But um, yeah, we'll see. Maz, any thoughts on that? Uh, you mean, I mean, you said pretty much everything. I think um, Reza Chalambay came out and said that they weren't going to release or shift without getting a left back, which would have been solved if Emre touched the middle <laughs> went in the swap. But um, there's Bro, not much honestly, to say, really. Uh, you go yeah. On. I was going to say, who... And like, I don't know why they picked Emre Tushtemir. Like, Emre Tushtemir probably looked at their field and saw Vietnam flashbacks. And he's like, nah, I'm not going. No way I'm going. He already gets injured on our field nonstop. Can you think about Sivas's potato field? Of a, like, it's not even a field. I can't even call it a field. Why didn't we so, give up Patrick Van Aanholt up instead? Yeah, these guys. That is also a good point. That's a good point. But these guys come to Istanbul and they don't really want to go anywhere else. Uh, kind of related to that, Especially Sivas. Yeah, yeah. Where it's that, constantly cold. I mean, they have great fans. You know, they have a good atmosphere. They're a pretty big club compared to most Anadolu clubs. So, you need to respect that. But... You know, once once those Yabanji guys, the, the foreigners get a taste of Istanbul, they don't really want anything else. And related to that, if you don't mind me shifting, uh, Seferovic um, is actually rumored to go to now Başakşehir. Um, I haven't seen a, like a very reputable source say this yet, but, um, you know, I think, the, I think Sivas, I think a couple other clubs were interested in him, but he and his family didn't want to go to a different city because his kids are already accustomed to i think you know the istanbul school district and his wife is very happy if you guys follow her on instagram she she loves istanbul and she she's one of those uh yenges that actually really love exploring istanbul so i'm I'm sure they don't want to move and Bashakshir, i think it could make sense for them um he's actually not a bad striker if he's confident and a lot of these yabanji guys they, they tend to go to Bashakshir if if things don't work out for them at Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, Besiktas. So uh, maybe we can be on the lookout for that news too. Yeah, I like Sefo. All these players that want to play for Istanbul teams, but you got to you gotta play at the Istanbul standard. I mean... Istanbul, what's that? The Istanbul standard, it's, it's Galatasaray. You're talking about the big three. It's Galatasaray, uh, Fener and Besiktas. All these players want to stay at Istanbul, but you got to play up to the standard. Mm. Yeah. Implying others have standards, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's a all right so speaking of loans and stuff what do you guys think about yusuf demir po- potentially going to sivas or apes or another club in turkey to play to get some time and minutes that's possibly on the horizon i'm i'm definitely not for it i i think we haven't given him enough time he needs to get much more game time before we can really make a decision like that um of course, we don't see him in trainings, or Kanuja does see him in trainings, and he knows better than us. But having said that, I th- it's it's too early. It, it's too early. He, he needs to play at least a couple more games, like at least 30, 45 minutes, see what this kid's made of. Um, I honestly think it was a bad idea to transfer him, not because of the player he is, it's because he was in the foreign role, right? He's counted as a foreigner, and I just don't understand why we chose to... Uh, Transfer him. Like, it doesn't really make sense if you think about it. We're already strapped for Turkish players. We're just trying nonstop to get a Turkish left back, you know, so we can play other players. But uh, it is what it is. I potentially, I personally think he should go for like a six-month loan just to get some time and so he's not rusty. 
What do you think, Yasin? Yeah. I know you're a big proponent of uh, Yusuf Demir. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to repeat uh, last podcast conversation to, to too much detail, but I think alone is a good idea. Um, you know, we already discussed why he's not playing a lot of minutes. There's, you know, some people have thoughts on it could be from a personal level. Maybe it could be from he's not good enough. It could be because there's just a lot better players ahead of him right now. Regardless of the case, any player that's not playing a lot right now, the best thing for them is to play minutes elsewhere if there's an option. However, I do want to comment on the two cities that you mentioned or two clubs, Sivas and Ayub Sport. I would not want him to go there. I'd rather he stay with us only because Sivas, you know, Riza, Chalambay, and at Sivas, is he going to really... I don't know. I'd, I'd rather he go to a club for a manager that's really going to bring him to the next level. And then as for Ayub Sport, that's a second league team. You know, I'd rather if he's going to go somewhere, he's going to play in the Super League. Uh, if we think of successful loan spells in the past, you know, you look at, you know, maybe right now, even like Thailand and Emir, uh, Emin. That was his name, right? I'm, I'm like blanking out now. But the two guys that went to Ankara Guju, uh, they're, they're, they're playing more. Uh, no, Emre Kulinch. Emre Kulinch. Emre Kulinch. I know. That was bad moment <laughs> but yeah they're playing the i was like who's emin that we had that we I, sent I, away? I am always calling emir emin emin emir I'm, I, I don't know what's wrong with me anyways uh going to a club like that with a coach that's kind of doing well you know has has his team playing organized football or yusuf uh <laughs> you know last year when he went adana demispor yunus yunus something like that would be good for him too uh, so I think we need to be careful where we send these players on loan because we've made the mistake of just sending players on loan to just send them on loan. But in reality, the clubs that we sent them to, it didn't do them any good. In fact, it probably brought them even further, you know, a couple steps backwards. So we do need to be careful with that. But um, if we can find a good club, I think we should do it. Yeah, maybe we can pull a Muratan or a Mustafa Mohammed type transfer and send him to leagues that are way better where he can actually get some good experience um but yeah now on to something really interesting that i've been talking like i've been waiting for years for this to happen we finally upgraded our dressing room guys dress dude this dressing room looked like something out of the 80s man i don't and this stadium was built in what 2000 the early, like 2010s right if i recall maybe earlier yeah but we upgraded it it looks fantastic now you guys seen it, right? It looks like yeah. a freaking, you know, world-class team's dressing room. Like, that that's that's what we are, and we finally have a, a dressing room to go with that. It looks gorgeous. And the glass today logo on the, on, the, on the ceiling there, and everything is red, and it just looks awesome. Mm. Bro, I, I love that we finally did that, man. It's this, it's awesome. And uh, one, one more thing regarding the team, or the club in general. I found this fascinating, but... Ihan Akman and Okan Buruk just became members of Gala. It's interesting. I thought they were already, you know, members of the club. Like, they were U.S., you know. They just became U.S. Like, I don't understand how that is. Did you guys, like, not know that either? Or am I, I living under a rock? I didn't. I mean, I think we briefly talked about the whole membership, uh, you know, the status of becoming one, you know, the steps to become one in the past and how complicated it was and you know, Okan Buruk after the game himself was like, I've, I stepped into Galsai Club at 11 years old. I played through the youth system. I, I played for the, the Atakum for all these years and I just became, you know, a member today and I'm very happy about it. He didn't criticize it you know, out of respect, but he kind of sent a discreet message there saying, look, I've been here all this time and I've just become a member. 
Same thing with Ihan Akman. I'm not sure what the system is like. Maybe somebody might need to look into it. I don't know if you guys know any better, but it, it definitely looks a bit flawed or it could be a little bit more simple for people who have actually done a big service for this club for such a long time. I think there should be some sort of exception to get these guys involved way sooner. Yeah, I mean, winning a UEFA Cup for the club should automatically, you know, embroider you with the damn membership, like automatically. And your kids' kids too, like, it's such a big, I mean, he was such a big proponent in our history. It's it's funny to me that he's just becoming a member. I don't know. It makes you wonder what other big names are out there that are not members. And being a member gives you the right to vote at every single election that we have. And these elections are a lot of times close, right? You know, Burak Elmas or whoever else in the past, they've all been pretty close votes. And if you guys remember correctly, it's always like the last couple ballots that are casted from like the high like the recent high school graduates that are young men and women that have barely know anything about Gaussai history and they're they're deciding the future of this club and there's also rumors out there that these guys that are voting are not even Gaussai fans so it, yeah. it really makes you yeah. wonder like how accurate are those elections and how well do they represent Gaussai fans and Gaussai club so there's also one more thing i want to add by Orkan Buruk becoming a member of the club, it just shows how invested he is into Gaza today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because the past couple of weeks, well, we've won what, nine out of nine now. I've been thinking, I'm like, oh man, Orkan might get swept up by a European club in the, somewhere in the near future. But becoming a Gaza today member, it's, it's really showing, for me, he's like, I, I just care about Gaza today. I don't care about anything else. And I appreciate that. I'm sorry, I have to cut you there. It's me, Samet, and I can't agree with what you just said, Mas. Nonetheless, I'll just let you continue. But for next episode, I'll be sure to remember this. Yeah, sure, man. Sometimes some people really had an, um, a question mark in the back of their head thinking, is he really invested in Galsara? Is he not? Is he just here to ride off the club's back for success? But uh, he's like, he's proven a lot of people wrong. Yeah. Um. The, the <laughs> so this one... Uh, interview by Arda Turan. I don't know if you guys saw this, bro. It was it was really funny. So he said when Fal- like this was regarding Falcao's during Fatih Tatum's time. They were in they were in training, right? When Falcao was injured, he said, I supported him a lot. He said one day he scored a goal in training and I said, Bravo Tigre. And Fatih Fatih coach, he said, Tigre. And yeah, he said, I said Tigre. That's his nickname. He said, oh we haven't been able to see that yet, you know, <laughs> him being a tiger and all. Yeah, if I have to tell him, calls it like it is. Yeah, yeah, dude, honestly, I'm thinking about that now. How bad did we get burned? How bad? You know, emotionally, I felt very <laughs> emotionally, emotionally <laughs> mentally, I st- and I still physically. Recovered. Yeah, like physically as well, because there isn't, you know, my like, tables have been smashed a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say. Like, it was unfortunate. He came, he just stayed injured. Um, but it's it's good that we can look back and laugh at things like these. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's that, I mean, there's a lot of unfortunate things that are tied to that whole transfer. Whether it's, you know, Al Baidak and his whole strategy of transfers, the way that he leaks everything the way that he hypes everything, leading fans to just absolutely demand transfers that maybe don't make sense. I mean, when that transfer rumor first broke out, 
there were a lot of fans who were realistic and didn't fall into the hype immediately. And they were like, what are we doing? Falcao, this guy's injured. You know, he doesn't play that much. You know, he's going to cost millions and millions. People were realistic in the beginning. And then when the rumors added up, you know, Al Baidek and the board didn't deny the rumors. You know, all these other little things start to build up. And the people who were talking sense now start to fall into the hype. How can you unite? How can yeah, you the not? hype it's compounded, up. bro. I, I love the hype. Who, no, like, you can't not love transfer hype, especially when a big name is all. Like, Galside, we are, we are known to bring these big players year after year after year. But, you know, I, that's what I like about Arden Tumur. He, he keeps everything on the down low. He says when we look for transfers, we look for this, this, that. There's certain criteria. And hey, you know, knock on wood, a lot of these transfers that so far, the big names, the small names, the young guys, the older guys, the experienced ones, they've all proven to be pretty great so far. So um, big upgrade, big upgrade. Hopefully no more of those big mistakes in the future. Big upgrade and not a lot of spent. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we got about through most of the, the news that we wanted to cover. One more thing. Um, um, and actually, Emra, I, I think ahead. it's one of the biggest, more, most recent news is the entire... So correct me if I'm wrong now, if I say anything wrong. Uh, 40 blocks of the entire stadium where fans sit were banned from attending this Antalya sport game. And te- yeah, Tefes... Okay, yeah, I was going to get into that. Oh, yeah. oh, if Go ahead, go ahead. You'll probably explain it better than me. No, no, you, you go ahead. No, I mean, so basically, you know... Because that we were cursing during the Hatai game, cursing, I, I guess we were cursing, but I, I think they over-exaggerated. What I heard was they had people from the PDFK seated everywhere in the stadium, right? You know, they're like little secret agents that listen and, and report back. And so they reported <laughs> that everybody was cursing, this, that. And so they decided to, you know, ban 40 blocks of seats, which amounted to about 25 to 30K people. Which blew my mind. I don't think I've ever seen a stadium like that, you know, or, or a situation like that where that many people were banned because of cursing. Anywho, yeah, 25 to 30K people were banned. But since we're Galsarai, since we're the best team in the world, we, f- we filled that into all the remaining seats in 24 hours. 24 hours. Big up to the, the fans that went. Big up to the fans that transferred their tickets back to the club. Mm-hmm. It, it, like I can't, I can't praise it, praise the team enough, the fans enough. Yeah. Do you guys, thing, what do you, if you guys haven't, yeah. I, I just want to add one thing. They put the ban after the tickets went on sale. So the sales, the tickets got sold in like a minute or something like that. And then they banned the 40 blocks. And then the people who got banned forwarded the tickets back to the club. So I know that. that's it's, crazy. It's, it's, it's almost like they did it on purpose. Well, that's, that's, that's my research. That's yeah. from what I heard. But it's, they, did it, they almost did it on purpose. It feels oh, like. dude, these guys are just messing with us because I recall during the Fenerbahce Derby, Fenerbahce fans cursing the hell out of us before, during, and after the game. But yet, they didn't get anywhere near the amount of penalties that we got. Yep. So, yeah. Yep, yep. It's it's crazy. Then people want to say we get uh, too much leniency in the club or we ask for, you know, leniency ourselves, which is absolutely not true. But, you know, it is what it is. People can cry and we'll just continue winning. Yeah. I'm right. As we usually do. You bring a good point with that Fenerbahce thing. I mean, I try to watch as many games as there is and be as I can. And Fenerbahce fans are just constantly like in unison, like the entire stadium, it sounds like it, are cursing the ref. Cursing Tefefe, cursing their own players, of course, like the idiots that they are. 
And often, being sports is having to like reduce the sound that's coming from the stadium. So the viewer, like you and myself at home, can't hear that. But I've never seen them right. get this large of a ban or anywhere near it because of their cursing. So like, you know, where, where's the equality? You know, where's the fairness of this? I, I didn't understand it. Other, other, other fans are probably going to be like, oh, God says complaining again. Their fans are always something to complain about. No, we're just asking for equality. If you're going to ban us, okay, fine. Ban 40,000 people, but do it for the other teams too. That that's the problem. This is the pro. They don't get this. These this is the premise that they they just it goes in one ear, goes out the other. And yeah, dude, it's like the, the PDFK is just playing three monkeys at this point. They don't care for equality because they, they 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 just see us doing good and they're trying to stop us in any way or shape. Because our home fans, like we're up there, man. I think we got the best home support in the league. They know that, and so they're trying to reduce that, and it didn't work. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, I love it when this. Said, I think we got. Yeah, I just want to say I love it yeah. when this team, these fans, this club does what they need to, regardless of who's trying to stop them. I mean, there's going to be times where we we fall to their pressure, to their bullshit calls, whatever they're trying to do. But often, Galside does a great job of getting together and saying "fuck you" to TFFF, "fuck you" to these other clubs, and still coming on top and. That's another one of million reasons why I'm so proud to be a Galside fan. I'm just really proud Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the honor, man. Like, nothing like it. Yeah. Anyway, so here's to another week. Another 2-1 butt-clenching win against Antalya at home. We are essentially 2-1 Sarai. That's, that should be our name. That should, we should be renamed to 2-1 Sarai at this point. So who, who wants to talk about, who wants to introduce us to the game? I don't mind. Uh, again, as you said last time, I'm not going to do as good of a job as Mr. John, Mr. Coach Canada that's missing today. Man's been busy. Mr. Catch em all. Mr. Catch em all. Um, but I'm going to try. I'm going to keep it brief because we can just talk about what we saw during the game. But um, Antalya Sport, Mr. Nuri Shahin, Mr. I prefer, a lot of fans preferred this guy over Okan Buruk at the beginning of the season, including myself. We played against him uh, yesterday in Istanbul, um, and we came out with a 4-2-3-1, as expected, and our lineup was pretty strong. We had Muslera and Net. From right to left, we had Sacha Bowie, Victor Nelson, Mr. Bardakçı, and Emre Tashdemir on the left-back position. The guy that we thought was disappearing to Sivaspor has started for us this game. I, I don't know how many people thought that was going to happen. Um, in front of them was Lux Torreira, and Sergio Oliveira, because a lot of uh, you guys are, you know, calling me out for saying Oliveira incorrectly. I'll fix myself. And uh, in front of them is Rashica, Dries Mertens, and Kerem on the left side. And on front, Mr. Icarti. So that was our lineup. Uh, Antalya Sport had a lot Mr. of- Mr. Still Your Girl. Mr. Still Your Girl. Mr. After Games, I'm flying off to wherever I am immediately. We'll talk about that later, but- um, on the other side of the pitch, Mr. Nurishayan's team, um, this guy that I never heard of, Helton Late, their goalkeeper, number 90, that was transferred two days ago, started in net. I don't know how many of us even heard of this guy beforehand. Their defense, Guray Vural, one of the left-back guys that we were interested in not too long ago. Ömer Toprak, Vesal Sada, a.k.a. ex-Mr. Galsai. On the right side, a guy named Sheryl Floranis. Not sure if I'm saying that correctly. 
In the midfield, they had Söner Aydodu, Ufuk Akyol. On the wings, they had Sam Larson, Admir Metmedi, Shoy. Oh, so the Japanese midfielder, number 10, Shoya Nakajima, who was pretty good that game. And out front, they had Luis Adriano, who ended up scoring against us. Um, a lot of surprises. Uh, when I say surprise, it's not their usual lineup. And maybe that's what caught us off guard this game. But uh, that's how the game started, lineup-wise. Um, do, do you want to talk about that first before we get into the first half? What do you guys think? Uh, I mean, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised. I feel like nine out of the eleven of the players were pretty much standard. Yeah, it's just um, Emre Tashdemir and Rashica. So, mm-hmm. and the only reason why Emre Tashdemir played is because Okan Oja wanted Rashica to play. Um, yeah, a bit of a shocker, I guess. But uh, every week, he's I guess he's playing to a certain standard, mm-hmm. and more often than not above standard yeah he, he didn't maybe put his best performance today but it's i guess just a just a change for this week yeah what'd you think of the lineup yeah there? uh i think it was like ma said it's kind of the standard lineup maybe dubois could have played and um, rashissa was kind of like on this downward trend in his form like you can see it especially this game as well but before we go into that i was actually expecting maybe maybe budish if not at worst yunus so we can see Dubois, because I don't know, Dubois has been playing great. He's doing th- things that we expect left backs to do while being a right back. But, you know, I, I didn't complain about the lineup. So, yeah, that's about it for me. Did you, did you guys think Emre Tashtemir maybe played just because of the Turkish limit? Or was you think maybe Okan Hoca is trying to send a message to any team that's considering Emre Tashtemir? Look, this, is, this guy is... Might have injury problems sometimes, but he's ready to play today. And not only is he ready to play today, he's ready to play for Galsai and could have put a good performance in. Because in my opinion, he played pretty well. He, you know, I think he was impressive once again for a guy that rarely plays. He he did his job on the left side. And if I'm any other Super League team, I would say, hey, if this guy's gonna stay healthy, which is what I hope, he's gonna be a pretty good asset for us going forward for the rest of the season and for the years to come. So I'm curious if Okan Hodja thought about that. I thought it was a big surprise. Usually when a guy is rumored to leave and you're including him in a transfer, you're trying to sell him, you play it safe. You you don't play the guy. You you say, oh, he's hurt. He's not ready. I preferred XYZ players over him instead. And he sits the bench. And often it's also because you don't want to risk him getting injured because he's part of your, your equation and getting him out of the team and bringing somebody else. And I thought it's even riskier because of Emre Tushim and how injury prone he is to play him when you're considering getting rid of him. So, hey, in hindsight, it's easier to say, but props to Okan Hoja for believing in Amr Tushimir in this game and, you know, risking him. It, it helped. If I was any other team, yeah, I would just look at it like, oh, he, well, Okan Hoja used one of the three remaining games he has available before he gets injured. GG's, you know, like, <laughs> so... <laughs> Does he even make it to the third game? Usually, it's the first game and he just gets injured at the end of the. Yeah, I don't know. Like- I I think his average is about two games before he gets uh, injured. He, like Samet says, he's consistent at getting injured. But look, he's he's also a great player. That's um, I I got to give that to him. I've been saying this for a couple of years now. He's always been playing to a certain level. He's always been good in terms of skill, at least. But yeah, his um injury proneness can be discussed about. Yeah, he's a good player, bro. If he just didn't get injured nonstop, his speed is what is 
great about him. He's just fast, man. I like you don't really see fast lap backs. And he like raises his head when he gets into the box to cross or get a give a good pass. So yeah, yeah Maz, you you're on point, bro. You big facts. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's the lineup. Um in the first half I thought we didn't come out as strong as I thought we would, given, you know, it's a home game and we have fifty thousand fans in attendance. A lot of us thought that this might be an easier game. You had guys like me making crazy predictions of 6 nothing, mostly for fun, but still, you know, a lot of people were <laughs> comfortable about this game. And it wasn't until the second half that we saw goals. In the first half, it was we had chances. Their goalie, Mr. Helton Late, decided to play like Manuel Neuer, a.k.a. Musleta, you know, that world-class level goalkeeping. You know, it's not like we didn't have chances. I think in the first half, let me pull up the stats real quick. We had 55% possession. We had 10 shots total, two on target. Four of them were blocked. You know, we had 10 corner kicks, nine shots inside the box. We we dominated with the passes and possession. I mean, we didn't do anything really wrong. It's just a matter of them kind of playing to a higher level and standard than they usually do. And that's that's applause on Talia Sport and Shine for keeping up with us in the first half. But I'm glad that we didn't really lower the throttle in the second half, which is what we usually see. You know, it was beginning to get concerning. Okay, we, we put this good performance in the first. Are we going to get our heads down? You know, is a goalkeeper going to save their day? Are we going to lose points? But th- that wasn't the case. Um, you know, apart from that, there wasn't really too much crazy action in the first half. Did you guys have anything that you wanted to touch on before we get into the second half and the goals? Mazar, usually watch these games really late at night. What did you think of the first half? Was it good enough, content enough for you to stay up and keep watching? No. Uh, no, it really wasn't. Um, I think we did not play that great, especially in the first half. I think we weren't dominant at all. Um, I think most people would agree, agree with me on that. It's Summit again. And nope, I don't agree with that. Back to you, man. Anyway, did we play bad? No, we, did, we didn't play bad. But did we play to the level that we used to Gasare playing for the past 10 or so weeks? No. Um, I think Nuri Shahin and Antalyaspor, they made a really good game plan against us. Um, they, they made us run a lot. Um, they really p- did put the pressure on a couple of times there. But of course, we were the better team at the end of it. The second, the second half especially, I think we, we, we put our foot down on the accelerator a bit. First half, I feel like we were worse. Second half, we did pick up a bit. And as I was yep. saying, as I was saying before, sorry, they, I feel like they made us run a lot. I don't know if you guys noticed the same thing, but we're running a lot. And there was a couple of positions. I think it was Sergio Oliveira. The ball was rolling just like a step away from him and he was too tired to even take a step. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was just that game in particular where our opponent's game plan was making us tired, but I- Absolutely. I think yeah. I think we need to wake up. I think our team needs to wake up. I think we win in there a bit cocky. We're, uh, we'll take the win. We've won Fener, this, that. We're on that high. No. That yeah. didn't happen. Um, yeah. No, if you're done, like uh, I was just going to agree with you. They did. They came out with a plan, man. I, I've noticed this. They, they like said, we are not playing out from the back whatsoever. Every time we got close to their, uh, their box, they just yeeted the ball up the field constantly. Constantly, constantly. And the guy, what's the guy's name? Nakajima? Nakajima yeah. caused a lot of problems for us, made our boys run. 
Because he's good at the good at holding the ball and running with the ball, and so I feel like Nelson is not that good when he has to take uh, someone one on one, you know, while running with them. He's good at positioning. We all know this, right? Nelson is a god when it comes to positioning, but when it comes to running with people, he kind of gets the his like uh, problems start to surface. And so I think we, they had one really good position, but I think it was offside where they yeeted the ball to him. Nakajima took the ball. And crossed it, or he placed it into the box, and it came. Guy shot it. I forgot. I think it was Larson. It came off the post. Mm-hmm. The whole situation was even was offside to begin with. If I recall seeing the the position after the fact, mm-hmm. they had a few more positions. If they were just better with the ball, see, this is what happens when you're missing like six players. Your quality isn't there, right? Um, they could have really punished us, and I think a lot of teams are starting to realize our weaknesses, and they're going to play on that, man. It's, it's, it's natural, right? Everyone was praising uh, Besiktas and Fenerbahce early in the season, like, oh, look how good they're playing. You know, they got a strong game, and people quickly, you know, shut them down because, <laughs> like, it's not hard to analyze teams and try to, well, like, formulate um, a counter to it. So, yeah, we definitely did struggle a lot in the first half, I will admit. But we were a lot better in the second half. I think Okan Hoja kind of, like, modified how we were playing in in the second half. But before we go, I guess, Yasin, you can take us into the second half. Because I don't, I don't think there's much to talk about on the first half. I mean, just before moving on to that, I think this team in general, maybe the reason for why we were not as strong as a lot of fans thought we were going to be in the first half is maybe we underestimated the team. You know, we're on quite the win streak and a lot of fans or a lot of players i should say are quite confident coming into the game maybe borderline cocky and we might have taken on on talia sport for granted you know we we knew that they had players missing we knew they're at towards the bottom of the table we knew we had our home support so i i think the intensity was a bit lacking um you know i don't i don't think so man i I don't agree with that be honest for certain players i think that is the case and i was going to bring up sergio's name i sergio for the last few weeks um he's been good at distributing the ball and the attack and finding chances but i i haven't been that impressed with his tracking back you know getting into tackles even like sometimes you know 15 20 yards outside our box when the other team has a ball I don't see him really going into a challenge with with force. I see him just kind of just running. Like, he's not jogging where it's embarrassingly bad, but I'd rather see him put a little bit more pressure. He's not going to be Torreira's level by any means. He's not going to be like Fernando. He's not going to be like Melo, but I still expect a little bit more intensity from him. And that's made, in my opinion, Lucas's job even more difficult. Add to that, I think Ocon has been asking Lucas to play a little bit more upwards pressure. You often see this game, Lucas is playing, putting pressure ahead of where Sergio is standing. You think that Lucas is a glass guy in the midfield, you know, in front of our center backs, and then it's Sergio, and then it's Dries Martins. A lot of the times, if you just pause the game, you'll see Lucas Torreira ahead of Sergio playing upwards pressure, kind of helping Dries Martins a little bit. Meanwhile, I think it should be the other way around. I mean, it, at worst, they should be sharing that responsibility but instead, Lucas is having to put that pressure in the back, you know, win balls, sweep balls back there. And he's he's having to put pressure up top too. The last two games where we've praised Lucas for is coming back randomly, you know, Antalya Sport, Hatay Sport player has a the ball, they're dribbling up towards us. And then out of nowhere, you see Lucas Torreira come from behind and tackle the ball. 
that's great. He's doing his job really well, and I love that. But he shouldn't be forced to having to do that all the time. If the guy next to him, in this case, Sergio, does a better job helping him balance out that defensive pressure, we wouldn't need to count on Lucas playing an exceptional game to win those balls back. Because if half those balls that Lucas has won from behind, he didn't do because he didn't have his best game if he had an average game, who knows you know, how many other chances that the other teams would have had. So I... I I don't want to depend on Lucas Torreira having an exceptional game every single game. And, you know, we've talked about it in the past few years, you know, if your midfield is not strong, it kind of lowers the intensity and how great the rest of the team plays. So I, it's, it's a soft criticism, but it is a criticism towards Sergio. It's been my criticism for a since while, man. I, 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 I got so a I lot of shit for, for it. For sure, since the beginning. But I think the last few weeks... He's even dropped that intensity a little bit more where it's more noticeable because the guys around them, for the most part, have had their intensity stay high and increasing. Meanwhile, I think he's kind of just played, he's, he's playing very relaxed and we haven't had that punish us yet, but I would not be surprised if we get punished for it in the next couple of weeks if we continue to play or if he continues to play the way he is. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you bring that up. Um, look, Torreira is a ph- phenomenal player, man of the match, in my opinion. Um, but I don't like him playing next to Mertens. I I can see why Orkan Ojo does that. Um, he wants him to like press as soon as we lose the ball in the midfield and get the ball back. But in reality, that doesn't always work. He's not going to get the ball ten out of ten times. There's going to be a couple of times where he doesn't, and those couple of times where he doesn't. I think it's going to bite us up, bite us back in the ass. Because we know that Oliveira's defensive capability isn't the best. I don't, I don't see the logic in doing that when you can just put Oliveira next to Mertens and have Torreira holding, holding the back line. I, I, I don't really Oliveira's get it. Oliveira's slow though, bro. He's slow. Yeah, exactly. Bro. All the more reasons why you shouldn't have him playing in the back. It's almost like we have three in the back or four in the back and Oliveira's one of them. You'll have one of the fullbacks up front. You'll have Torreira up front. So that will leave, um, I don't know if I can say, Emre Tashdemir, um, our two center backs, and then Oliveira in the back. There's often times where that, it, it, that does happen, and I don't feel comfortable seeing that personally. I don't know about you guys, but I don't really like it. My theory is that he has Torreira playing up there because, like Yas said, we want to get the ball back as fast as possible, and Torreira just has this insane acceleration to him where he can just catch up to anyone and get like grab the ball. Yes, there are times when they do happen to like, you know, uh get the ball behind them, but remember this game, there was this one time where Torreira came from their midfield. Like I think he ran like 50 meters and he stole a ball off a uh, Antalya player. That's Torreira. That's the insurance policy that you have with Torreira. That's why he's Torreira and that's why he played for big teams like Arsenal and Fiorentina. And why they still, well, not Arsenal, but Fiorentina still wants him. And he's good. Like people say, he's like probably one of the best CDMs in the league because he like provides this for you and he gives you the opportunity to have Oliveira in the midfield. He, let's, even if he's just slow as hell, he's still a body there that can potentially, you know, stop or slow them down for the team to just get back mm-hmm. um, to the field and like, you know, set it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I don't know. No, it's. I think I'm it's not fine. criticizing Torreira's yeah. abilities. I, I, but oh no, no, I'm not saying you guys are, but I'm saying why Okan hasn't playing like that and not just having him sit back like a traditional CDM 
in you know in the in the middle of the midfield, all like close to the, the center backs. That's well, what I'm saying. It's it's only a matter of weeks before um one of our opponents figures this out and gives a over the top ball over Torreira. <laughs> Torreira can't um press and get the ball if the if they're doing a through ball to the opposite side. I think of the that's field. the design, bro. I think that's the design. I think Okan Budik knows that that's a possibility, and he's taking that risk. Yeah. High risk, high reward, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, so, and how how what was our, our biggest weakness against Antalya Sport? They didn't come through the middle. They came through the long balls. Um, well, they tried coming, but yeah, <laughs> yeah Kerem and Nelson is just godlike right now. They're yeah. playing great, and it's unfortunate yeah. Optikerem is uh, suspended next game, and Nelson potentially injured. I don't know if there's been new uh, news about that, but anyway, I I, I know uh, like Antalya played well. And uh, even Okan Buruk said that maybe them missing so many players gave them the option to just really find that new motivation with the players that were that have been waiting to play, right? Because like also I've mentioned this before, Okan Buruk analyzes his teams, right? He analyzes teams before he plays, and then when the, a team comes out with like six different players, you ought to come out with a slightly different tactic, right? And I'm thinking maybe he didn't have as much time to analyze and prepare. That's why I think we came out second half way better because I think he just had that time, that momentary lapse where he thought, okay, this is what I got to do. And we came out better in the second half. So maybe I think that's what happened. Yeah, yeah I, but, I appreciate uh, those adjustments yeah. that he made in the second half. That's, that's something we're not used to seeing in our previous coaches. Did it make um, it worth staying up at that point? Yeah, it's always said it worth staying up. It's, it's always <laughs> worth staying up to watch Gola. But there's 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 just a few things. Like we said, Torero playing up front, I don't like it. And the second thing is um some of our players looked very tired towards the end. It was it was alarming. Um and I did I said We Olivera, did play the Alanya game. Sorry? We played that cup game with Alanya, right? It wasn't too far yeah, yeah. too long ago. I think that's there's some yeah, like that, but we didn't play point. our full team. And then like that, Martins look a little tired. That's a that's a good point, but um it's kind of things. Um, it's just it's just worrying. It's just worrying because these these are the times that we can start to get cocky. Our teams can get cocky and get caught off. We almost got caught off this week. I'm scared it might happen next week because it's only a matter of time before we we drop some points. I I'm I'm expect because bro, you you gonna drop some points somewhere along the line when everyone's like hyper analyzing you. Everyone wants to beat you because you're at the top, right? You're gonna you you we're in the spotlight now. We're yeah, in a spotlight. Ab- You're going to try to beat us. Absolutely. But I don't want to drop points because we're tired. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. I don't mm. want to um, drop points because Oliveira couldn't take one step and touch the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd, rather, fair, that, yeah. I'd rather lose because we lost, not because we're tired. It's just, a, it's just a shitty excuse in my opinion. What do, you, what do you think we should do then? More rotation so Oliveira more, can like, rest? Um, yeah, yeah, more rotation. Um, don't get cocky in the start of the game. I think it's just Antalya's um, game plan ma- did make us run a lot as well. So that might have been just a one-time thing and coupled with the fact that we were we had the cup game. I guess we'll see next week. If we still look tired next week, I think that's when we should start to make some sort of rotations because it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Right, right. So I think uh, Yasin yeah. maybe can take us to the second half. No, good points, guys. Uh, yeah, we can move on to the second half where there was a little bit more action for us to see. Um, and it didn't take long, did it, for us to see the goal. Uh, whatever O'Connor just said, whatever the players talked about at halftime, whatever realizations that they had, it worked because 
five minutes after start time uh, in the 49th minute, Mario Cardi with a beautiful header into the far upper 90 from Kedem's cross. I mean, we were attacking, we were coming. It, it, it was just a matter of time. You know, I, I, was able, I was happy that after the second half started, I was able to say to myself, okay, the goal is going to come. There, you can tell sometimes when this half starts, whether the first or second, whether it's going to be a good half or not. And that's that's the impression that I got with the second half. Um, there were no subs. You know, there, there wasn't needed any subs, in my opinion, at halftime. And we were attacking. We were pushing the ball up. Uh, we, you got Rashidza, Kerem involved. You know, they were taking turns getting into the midfield. And you had Mario Cardi, obviously, keeping the defenders busy in the box. And Kerem, you know, paid his uh, respect back to Cardi after Cardi's been giving him all these assists the last couple games. Kerem said, okay, it's About my turn time. to help you. And he commented about it after the game. Put a beautiful dish cross right to Mario Cardi, and then Cardi did what he does best. You know, header into the opposite direction the ball was coming from, which is absolutely nightmare for, you know, the biggest and best goalies in the world. And especially Mr. Helton, who was playing an exceptional game up until then. He, he couldn't do anything. He was watching because Mario Cardi took that ball that was coming from the right side, flicked it higher into the upper left. The goalie just watched it go in. You know, Cardi did his thing. He scored. Unfortunately, Antalya Sport responded pretty quickly after that uh, with their own header, uh, Luis Adriano, from a free kick that they had, which uh, was actually kind of a uh, controversial moment, if you guys want to talk about that real quick. Uh, they had one player, I think it was a Japanese guy, Shoya, who was clearly in offside position in front of Musleta. Everybody was lined up, the defensive line, all the strikers were in line with those guys, and uh, Shoya was basically between that line and Musleta. And as a, as a ball was about to be kicked in, Shoy started running back into onside's position. But when the ball was played in, he was clearly offsides. And as a line, the defensive line, including our defenders and their strikers, Luis Adriano in this, in this situation, as they were going towards Musleta and trying to make contact with the ball, Shoya, while walking backwards, ran into um, Sacha Bowie who was basically defending Luis Adriano. I mean, it wasn't like an obvious, he wasn't, I don't know, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but he wasn't like exactly marking him man for man, but he was definitely sharing that responsibility with Icardi. And then Shoya, the Japanese Antalya sport player, shoved Sacha, got in his way, and Sacha was not able to jump and defend that, that cross. Luis Adriano scoring in the process. That, to me, is offsides. It, it, it's tricky. You can get into the details of it, which I thought about. I, I tried to give myself reason to believe that it's not offsides. It's not tricky at all. But it's, yeah. it shouldn't be tricky. TFFA and these refs have made everything so complicated. But in reality, that was offsides, wasn't it? Let mm -hmm. me tell you something. Hold on, Maz. I'll give you the, the mic right after. <laughs> that the, the guy in the VAR is the same dude that was in VAR or, yeah, in VAR, during the Antalya Fenerbahce game, where Fenerbahce got that offside call, you know, in their favor, because uh, Haji Wright ran into Osai Samuel. And Osai Samuel, um, uh, I guess Haji Wright did, didn't intentionally go towards, you know, Osai Samuel. He was trying to, you know, move like out of the way. And Osai Samuel ran into him, right? That's what people are saying. So the guy ran into Sasha Bowie. What is Bowie supposed to do then, right? Mm hmm. So it's bull, it's bull, it's all bull. It's offside. It's more offside than that one, in my honest opinion, because offside, like the, the the play was so far from the goal. Like the goal happened like 
15, 20 seconds later. They had m so much more time to uh, defend that. So this one, you can't really do anything about once you, the ball's in the air and you get body blocked. You're getting body, like it's basketball as if you're getting picked, bro. Yeah. And he can't, he can't defend himself <laughs> or he can't defend the ball. Jesus Christ. But Maz, what were you saying? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was actually going to say the same thing you said. Um, oh, okay. It's 110% 100, <laughs> offside. Um, it, it's, it was very clear as day and I was actually very surprised that um, they didn't disallow the goal. When you're offside and you're not doing anything, like you're not touching the ball, you're not touching the play, you're passive. Yeah. As soon as you touch someone, as soon as you touch the ball, anything, you are active. And like you said, this isn't basketball. You can't just run around and do that. You, you are offside and it should be treated as such because you obstructed a player. You, you just, could do it if you're onside. Like you can blow. You can hold on to the yeah, guy, of course, right? But not when you're offside. Like, not I, when exactly. You, you can't. So, what is there going to be a new strategy where you're going to have your players running offside and just standing in certain positions so they can't and defend just body against block it? Like, them. What is this? Yeah, what exactly. Is this? Like, is it a joke? Yeah, it makes no sense, man. Absolutely no sense. Yeah, yeah, man. And, uh, just, again. There's no quality. There's no balance. There's no consistency with these these calls. I mean, a lot of Galatasaray fans, when we saw that call being made for Fenerbahce, we were like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? And then we're like, okay, I guess that rule makes sense. Okay, I didn't think about that. Fine. Whatever. As long as that is played, you know, played consistently across other leagues and other teams in the league, fine. And here we are in the same situation, same same position, if not exactly identical, it's the same concept, and there's no call. This this game could have finished two two. Antalya Sport could have scored from our own mistake, from their own you know ability, and we would have lost two points unnecessarily because of a wrong call. So you know we we have to think about these things because the league is so close. And I'm curious if Adam Tumor is going to speak up, if he's going to say anything. Um, he Okan Buruk mentioned it after the game, though. That's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He's definitely uh, consistently defending us, which is good to see. Um, but it is what it is, I suppose. Uh, they, they tied the game that way. Um, soon after, they made a sub. ex side player, ex bunch of player, Sinan Gumish came on. He actually almost scored a crazy goal. <laughs> did you guys see that volley from the left side? Yeah. They, they, they played the ball over, and you think he was going to give a cross. It was almost towards the goal. Musleta saved it because that's Musleta. Um, you know, we, we ended up making subs at the 79th minute, which I thought was a bit late. I'll, I'm curious what you guys think. So we, we took Rashica off. We made two subs at the same time in the 79th minute and then two more in the 88th minute. At the 79th minute, we had Rashica come off for Dubois. So, and then we had Emre Tash, Emre come off for Yunus Alkun. So Yabanja for Yabanja, Turk for Turk. So everything's balanced out. And then the 88th minute, we had Berkun Kutlu come on for Torreira. And we had Barishat Pelimas come on for Kerem. Um, what do you guys think of that, the subs? Did you think it was a good timing? Uh, would you have seen something different? Um, I, I don't understand why people get caught up on what time the coach, you know, subs in players. It's like, doesn't, like, there's, like if a coach subs in at 45 or 55, that doesn't mean the game is going to automatically change for the better. It can go worse. You know what I mean? I The only the only player that I thought that stayed way too long on the field was Rashidza. He was like, he was having a horrible game. Otherwise, we were pretty much in control. There really didn't need to be much in terms of changes, man. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think the changes were on time. For the most part, I say. 
uh, apart from Rashitsa. And uh, yeah, as far as what I think about the changes. Okay, I'm enough enough with the tactical analysis. Let's talk about Ikari. Let's <laughs> do it. Go ahead. I'm just I'm just sitting in my seat. I'm just waiting for someone to bring him up. Go for it. What, what a player! Not nine games, ten goal contributions, and what six, six of them are goals. I think I can talk about this guy all day. Um, what his finishing, his passing. It's I I don't remember the last player we've had or or anyone's had in Super League that has been this quality, this class. Like no, I don't know how we got him, bro. I, I don't know either. It's just every time I watch it, I'm just like, this guy is so good. Like, this in the fourth minute as well, at the start of this game, he did like a no-look pass to um, Sasha Bowie and where he just missed. He had, like had like a finesse from the edge of the box. Mm. I don't remember the last striker we had that could make a no-look pass like that. Most of the strikers we'd have would just hold the ball and just take a dig or just lose the ball in the box or, or something. I just love watching this guy so much. You know, it's crazy because I never expected him to be this connected uh, to the club, man. It's like he had this uh, recent interview where he's like um, being um, single is like being a sultan or whatever. I, I don't know the exact translation, but it I, I assume the context is he's free, right? And he's saying that he's more um, focused on the team. And I never expected that from Icardi. Nobody expected Icardi to be, you know, most thought he was going to come here just sit on his ass, collect, you know, his payments from PSG and just chill and enjoy Istanbul. No, this man is committed. He gets along with everybody, bro. I don't know any striker that's been this um, compatible with Keram. He's getting Keram. Uh, Keram needs to step up his game. That one assist barely counts. Cardi <laughs> made that happen, bro. That That's not, I, I don't really call that an assist. Okay. And 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 dude, it's it's amazing because not only is a striker, dude, that that finish, that corner finish, is just immaculate. It, nothing you can do about that. And not only can he finish, bro, this guy can play as like a number ten, almost like a makeshift ten. You know, sometimes he sets up plays better than Mertens does. Yep. It's it's Im, Im, it's immaculate, immaculate. And he, dude, the, uh, this guy is a fisherman. He gets his job done, and he flies to uh, Argentina. I don't know if he's going to simp for uh, Wanda or not, but uh, he's efficient. I, he's, a, he's a character for sure. Yeah, I actually read he went to he Paris, not not uh, Argentina. He went to Paris. Yeah, I that that's what I read from one source, and that makes you wonder why is he going to Paris? Are there talks to be held? Maybe with, he found uh, a new Yenge. Maybe new Yenge. Maybe he's talking oh, to his club too. about uh something else regarding the club. Galsai, PSG. Let me go. Maybe, 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 maybe not. I, I think we get him. I think we get him. The Metin Oktai, let me go. <laughs> I want to play for Galserai. I, I think we get him at the um in the next transfer break. I'm serious. That would be yeah, amazing. If I our wingers if our wingers learned pass to him and he starts scoring uh, more, it, then I, I, I think we'll we'll get him. What's he gonna do at PSG? The 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 French media doesn't like him. That's the that's the whole reason why when we got Ikari, half our fan base said, What are you guys doing? This guy's a nutcase. Because this guy, he wasn't getting it. Well, who's, who's he going to play? Look at PSG's forwards. He's not going to get any game time there. And all they were just talking about him and his, well, ex-wife or girlfriend, whatever it was. So I don't think yeah. he wants to go back to that. I think I think he enjoys being a girl. I think he enjoys back, um, banging goals left, right, and center. And when he doesn't, you can tell he's upset when he doesn't score. Yeah, yeah. he definitely has a passion. And going, you know, I feel like a broken record when I say this, but that dude didn't come here to just party and get by and get paid. He 
the guy is a footballer he loves to play football he likes to get involved he likes to help others on the field he's he's not a shri- he's not selfish he's not there you know give me the goal give me the ball give me the ball why didn't you play it to me he's not the striker that gets the ball and shoots makes things complicated if he doesn't have a clear shot he passes the ball he's always thinking in advance he's a smart player there's one position where the ball was coming to him maybe even twice it happened he like back flicks the ball to the guy that's coming on perfectly for a per- like a, he sets him up for a shot when the defender and our own strikers our own wingers are sometimes not even expecting it so he's clearly levels above everybody else and the guys need to catch up soon you know they need to catch up and understand what he is giving to them and he, they need to catch up and understand what he's looking for that's Rashidza the amount of times that he was he should have been able to play a good cross in he didn't that's Kerem not finding it taking the shot instead of passing it you know, these guys need to kind of step up their game. And, you know, they I think they have the ability, but I think we're lacking. I think we can score even more goals if we are a little bit more careful, if we're a little bit less selfish, if we're a little bit more precise with the ball that we're trying to play, which, again, I think everybody's capable of. We just need to focus a bit more. But uh, it's not a complaint by any means. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful sight to see, honestly. I hope he doesn't get too frustrated because I definitely see him frustrated out there. <laughs> Yeah, do whatever you can. Make this man happy. That's all I care about. Yeah, I do have a question for you guys, though. Who was the last Super League striker that was this good? Objectively. That's a good question. Uh, Objectively. Good as in, like, I I think I've said this before. I like Abu Bakar a lot. Like, what he did for Bishop Touch is kind of crazy. Like, he carried that team on his back. He wasn't as good as Icardi. I liked... No, I'm... I'm, Well, you said who's as good. No, no. Who, who's 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 as good as Icardi? I don't. I don't think anyone anyone is at Icardi's level now. Get like. Are you speaking present. now? Or past, past and, as well? Past and present. Mm. Only one that comes to mind is Jardel. Yeah, Jardel was. Drogba came. He was. He was old. He he had to come from China. I think at the time he was old. In in recent history, I would say a striker that really made a presence for me was Mario Gomez on Besiktas. That dude was a machine. Like the ball came to him, he scored it. No matter what the ball was like, no matter what the opportunity, how easy or difficult it was, he set up players as well. He was just a machine. But was he a card? Is he a Cardi's level? Probably not. But you know, to answer Absolutely your question, not. that that that's the closest. I mean, I, I I fell in love with him. I'm not gonna lie. At the time he came, but recent history, nobody else. Uh, but like you said, he he was good, but. He was clearly old. You know, he made it obvious he was There's old. There's no one in this league right now. No. Not, There's no right one now. In no, no way. Past, present, no. No one. Like the he's, closest he's the that comes striker. to him is Abu Bakr. That's the closest he, that comes to him. This is the best best striker that we have ever seen in the Super League. Maybe, maybe Jardin. Maybe he was um, just as good. I'm, I'm a bit too young to comment on that. Haji said uh, Icardi is the second best that he's ever seen following Jardin. Who said that? So that's also merit. So Haji said Jardin is the Greatest striker he's ever seen play in the Super League, and then Icardi. I just said would that be the second best. I just said that. Yeah, oh, I didn't see that. Okay, cool. And here I thought I was talking out of my ass. <laughs> well, you're onto something, uh, Muzzle. <laughs> I'm onto something. <laughs> Muzzle just called himself. <laughs> I'm just. I'm it, am I Haji? <laughs> am, I, am I a tactical genius? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, he's good. He's good. Um, and it's important for him to stay consistent and focused, right? That 
that was part that was one of the other issues that people have been concerned about can he stay focused with all the drama going outside and you know in his personal life so far he's proven that he can stay focused as long as he can separate the two when he's here he trains he helps his teammates he gets them involved he scores goals you know he helps us win the league otherwise you know his personal life is personal life hopefully the two don't commingle and it starts to affect his performances He's 28. He's not 20 years old where that, that risk is more prevalent. But still, you never know. It's, it's Cardi, unfortunately. So He's a family man. I, I like it, Cardi, man. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a mensch. He's a family man. He's always with his family. He's, he, like, you don't really see him go out as much as people say he does. I don't know if... I, I might be talking out my ass, but I always see him always like with his kids, man. Yes. He also goes out too, though. Sometimes you see him like... And at nightclub or something with like a selfie and drink, which is okay. Like, you know, if he's going to... Everyone if, goes if, out if, from if his, time If his time wife himself. is in Argentina, you know, unfortunately sleeping with other men sometimes, which is the reality of the case, the guy can... Some, if he's staying in his stumble because he has a game in a few days, let him, let him do his thing. Again, if it doesn't get involved, this is personal life. I'm not here. I'm not a fan of Mario Cardi's personal life. I'm a fan of Gossai. As long as it doesn't affect that, I'm okay with it. I'm sure other teams, analysts, people who are against Galatasaray are going to be excited to talk about this and criticize, but whatever. It doesn't affect him, does it? His performance, at least. Yeah, speaking of performance, so the rest of the game, what do you, what do you guys think, man? I think, are you guys satisfied? That's, that's what I should ask. Are you guys satisfied with what happened at the end of the game? Like everything from the 45th to the, the uh, final whistle. Also, I should mention... These refs, man, they're so sneaky. The first half, they ended the first half with the extra two minutes. But, oh, Galsaray is winning. Let's tack on nine extra minutes. You know, but when we're 0-0, zero, zero, let's not add extra minutes. These guys, man, they're sneaky. Yeah, that was excessive. I mean, sure, there was a VAR position. There was a red card or whatever it was. Uh, red card came in extra time, so that doesn't count. There were, there were two goals. There was a VAR position. And fine, that stuff adds up. But nine minutes, like... If you're going to give two minutes in the first half after they wasted all that time, then keep it consistent, you know, give six minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. The jump to nine is a bit suspicious. And Okamburuk called that out as well after the game, which I'm happy about. Yeah. Love Okamburuk, man. So happy he's doing well. Yeah. He's 12 for 12 now, lads, including cup games. I think he broke a history record Yeah, since like the... I, like the, since the league was uh, formed. Yeah, and 12 I'm out of so 12, him, just man. to make things clear, it's it's not Super League games. That's inclusive of cup games too. So I think from that perspective, yeah. he broke the record. However, I believe he's tied at nine for uh, Super League games back-to-back with Fatih Tedim. I think he did it a few times. So I heard it was eight I, for Fatih Tedim, and I think he broke Fatih Tedim's record. I heard it was eight. I could be wrong. I heard it was nine, and because I heard both, I'm just going to assume it's nine. Um, I think it was nine. I and think I, it was nine as well. Yeah, and I'm sure we would have seen like an okay. official post from Galsai Twitter saying that, you know, he broke the record if that was the case. So hopefully next week we beat Gerasen Spore away. They're always a tricky team to play, but, you know, 10 out of 10 would be nice to break the record. Let's see what yeah, happens yeah. there. What's your predictions, boys, against Gerasen Spore? You would say any changes in the starting 11? Changes in the uh, starting... Our MVP, Torreira, needs to play. That's for sure. Yeah. There's going to be no, remember, no Optikatum, no Nelson. So make your predictions according to that. Well, I mean, Nelson, um, I'm not sure if I answered your question before, if we saw anything official. Like potentially. Yeah, I, I didn't say anything. And I'm sure we would have heard something from 
you know, a journalist saying that he's getting checked or whatever it is. We haven't seen anything like that. So I'm going to assume he's fine until then. Otherwise, in, in, in the back four, I guess we'll see one of Emin Bayram or Metan Baltaja. And personally, I'd rather see Metahan. Ooh, Samet's favorite. Yeah. Same. I'd rather see him. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's more composed uh, than Emin Bayram. And he has just more experience in the, well, not maybe the Super League, but the second league. They're, they both went on loan, yeah. fine. But Metahan played way more games. He, he did it over two seasons as like the A-team player. Like he was always playing. And he won a championship with the last team that he was at. So he has that winner mentality. He has that ability to, you know, you see it in his play too. He's just way more relaxed than Emin Bidem is. I love Emin Bidem, but Emin Bidem to me is sometimes a little bit, he doesn't give me 100% confidence in the back. I've seen him make mistakes in the friendlies before the season started. I think he has a lot of potential, but in a game like this, I'd rather see Metan. I just don't know if Okan will do that because I think Emin Bidem has been the first priority between those two in friendlies and uh as a sub this season i'm not sure if Okan is gonna all of a sudden switch that up yeah um you guys know me i don't make predictions so far i've been helping you guys out or to team out i suppose i got a nice uh, little streak going here so uh maz what's your prediction bro what do you think will happen uh I, yeah I, I agree with yes and um as far as the starting 11 goes i think we, we'll see metahan i don't think uh Konadra will do anything experimental like what we've seen from previous coaches. I don't think we'll see like a fullback or a midfielder in, in centre-back. I think um, we'll absolutely see Metahan. I don't trust Emin Baidam to be in, in centre-back, especially not now when we have such a nice streak going and when the pressure's really on us. And and you know every other team's out there, they're, they're looking for our heads. They, they're going to they're gonna tr- tr- do everything to try and beat us. Um, so I guess we have to wait and see, but I think we do see Metahan in centre-back and I think we do end up with a W at the end of it. Well, Maz, do you think do you think we might see Rashid's uh, bench then maybe Barish or Yunus play yeah, instead? Absolutely. And then we'll absolutely. see um, yeah, what's yeah. his name? Dubois play left back as a Yabanji instead of Ermatash Demir. So we might do that uh, little switcheroo, which is something that surprised you at the beginning of this game. I would not be surprised yeah. just because of Rashid's performance. Yeah. It it hasn't been terrible, but it has not been good either for, in my opinion, way too many games now. I would like Okan Hoja to be like, okay. Enough is enough. Yeter, like, let's switch it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, away, Barish might be a good idea. Yeah, go on. The thing with Rashica, it's... Okay, he, he, he didn't have the best um, game in terms of attacking, in terms of the offense. But he always does his duties with running back. I think that's what I do like to see about him. I, you always see him track back. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always see Kedem track back, for example. He does, he does get caught out in a couple of times where I'm like, okay, he shouldn't be there. He should be a bit more back. But Rashica's always running back. That's something I do like to see. But like you said, he didn't play the best offensive game. A few crosses just didn't connect. And yeah, he will most likely be benched, maybe subbed on later on. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we come out with the win, man. That's all we can ask for. Hopefully. I'm gonna, and, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll predict the win too. I mean, get us in sports tricky. They're like our kryptonite, unfortunately. Uh, it pains me to say that. Um, I, w- I would love it if, uh, you know, I, I support both teams, but Galsai should always be the one winning in this case. We'll see. Uh, get us in sport makes things tricky for us and all these stumble clubs, and they know that. They, they, they're going to come into this game knowing that they can very easily upset us again. So we cannot come out to that game, you know, less focused. We can't come out to that game saying, 
it's another win. We're going to make it 10 in a row. You know, we're, we're the first in the, in the league. You know, it's another win. We can't go in with that mentality. So the first five, 10 minutes of that game is going to be very important. Uh, none of the other guys are really injured or suspended. So I expect a full lineup against that team, against Kedas for that game. Uh, so I'm still going to predict the dub, but I think it's going to be a close one. I'm going to say another 2-1. Okay, 2-1. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we come back with that 2-1. Hopefully, no one gets injured. I wish the team, uh, Okan Buruk, the best of luck. And with that said, like it, Cardi, it's time for us to fly on out of here. <laughs> We'd like to thank everyone that stood with us, that stayed with us till now. Again, you guys are awesome. If you, if you guys can please like and subscribe. You guys got any questions for us? You know where to you know where to find us. We're um, on Twitter, on Instagram at the Lions Den GS guys. With that said, take care of yourselves. Stay hopeful and peace out. See you.